Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. It's funny, we actually found a drawing that I had done with my grandfather when I was like seven or six, where I had drawn myself like with a popsicle cart. No. And, uh, I don't remember it, but yeah, but apparently even back then I was like, this would be, this would be a lot of fun. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm were all about food in Florida. If anything sounds better than a popsicle in the middle of a Florida summer, I'd like to know what that is. Today, meet the founder of the Hippo Gourmet Ice Pops and get tips for creating your own frozen happiness on a stick. Support for the Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. Ten years ago, Stephen Damari had just graduated from the University of Florida. It was the tail end of the Great Recession, and the job market looked kind of bleak. But a chance encounter with a stranger on an airplane changed the path of Stephen's life and gave him the idea for what Floridians now know as the Hippo Gourmet Ice Pops. Stephen opened the first store in his native St. Augustine, Today, the Hippo has eight locations across Florida, and you can also find it at the grocery store. The Zest producer, Delia Cologne, talked to Stephen about the Hippo's origin story, flavors that did not make the cut, and advice for creating your own ice pops to beat the Florida heat. So how did this all get started? (laughs) Well, actually, um, tomorrow's going to be our 10th anniversary of opening, which is crazy I don't feel like I'm old enough to have a 10 year old company. <laughs> it started with me kind of coming out. I came out of school in like, um, in 09 and there just was not like a lot of work back then. Like the recession was kind of like getting really, really going. And, uh, so I was just, uh, working, saving up money and I really wanted to open up like my own shop of some kind. I thought it was going to be a coffee shop. And anyway, happened to be sitting next to a stranger on a, on a flight one day and was telling her about all my like coffee shop plans and, she was like, man, you should, you should make your own popsicles and have like homemade popsicles in the coffee shop because Florida is so hot. And, uh, I was like, I don't know. And I was like, that's not very cool. Popsicles are kind of for kids. And she was like, no, no, no. They can be like fresh fruit and like herbs and spices. And so after thinking about it for a while, I was like, man, that would be really fun. And by the end of the flight, this like multi-year plan I'd had for my coffee shop, like morphed into a plan for a popsicle store. And so yeah, I convinced my parents to chip in a little bit of money and I took all my savings and um, opened up a little shop. And as it turns out, the recession was like the perfect time to do it because I had no credit and no business background. And yet I was able to like get a lease and like open just because there was like so many places open for rent that couldn't rent because like the economy was so bad. And um, 
yeah, I just started making pops from fresh fruit and fresh vegetables and herbs and just kept growing from there. People really liked it. And um, it's, it's a really, really fun, fun job. I'm very grateful. Wow. So did you have any experience with that? No, not at all. No. When I told my parents I wanted to do a coffee shop a few years earlier, they were like, you know nothing. You need to go work in a restaurant. So I, I did like dishwashing at a busy restaurant in town on the weekends just to like see there. And, and I think maybe they were thinking like, this will be really hard and you're not going to want to do this. But I was like, yeah, it's just kind of kind of cool. It's hard work. But I just love food so much. So I think it was just kind of a there was a gravity there that was hard for me to get away from. How did you begin? Because like I'm familiar with, you know, Mexican style paletas that are really popular in like Miami and, and California. So did you go and kind of research these ice pops? No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just didn't have time. I wanted to. So I just like looked up as much as I could on the internet and then just like started. I love trial and error. I like, I love like making something and testing it and seeing if it works. And there's something about that process that makes it like so much more rewarding when you finally hit something that works. Yeah. And so um, I only researched so long before I just want to start like doing. And so I did as much research as I could online. And then I'm like, I just got to start making these things. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) everyone around me was um, a guinea pig back then. I guess they still are. (laughs) <laughs> um, for different things, but so what are some flavor combinations you tried that did not work? <laughs> the the most iconic one was we did like a barbecue sweet potato popsicle once, and it was <laughs> it was accurate and it was terrible. <laughs> that doesn't even so sound bad. good. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Oh we, man, we tried to do like a like a pineapple with cream at one point, and it like the pineapple ended up like curdling the cream before we could get it frozen. And it tasted like metal. Like it, it tasted like you put a penny in your mouth. It tasted so bad. Oh my god! So there's definitely some failures in there. Oh, yuck. Okay. Now what are some popular flavors that have worked out? Ah, yeah. We've got some of those too. Um, strawberry basil is one that's really fun. That's one of my favorite ones to show people that are kind of like new to the world of paletas because, um, it seems weird. Basil's supposed to be savory, but it's really delicious, and it's it's an easy one for people to to step into. Um, we've also had a lot of success with um, berry cheesecakes, so we kind of finally got like the dairy thing down, and we'll make like a fresh blueberry compote and swirl that with like some cheesecake, and that's that's really tasty. And um, my favorite is pineapple cilantro. Mm, that sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I could like put that on a taco or eat it as a dessert. <laughs> it's everything. That's exactly right. So what do you think it is about ice pops or popsicles? My kids inhale them, but it does seem like there's a market. Clearly you're proving there's a market for adults to enjoy them as well. And I think about other kind of quote unquote kid foods that have become popular with adults like cupcakes or artisan grilled cheese you know what why do you think adults are turning to these types of treats i think that for a lot of people there is some nostalgia in it and i think like a lot of the foods that we grew up eating as kids we turn into adults and we kind of realize like oh that's like not very good for me or that just doesn't have the ingredient bill that i'm looking for in my foods these days and so i think when people can come across something like a like a popsicle where we're making it with fresh fruit and fresh herbs and so it matches the types of food that people want to be put in their bodies. And yet it also allows them to relive the nostalgia. Like I think it's a, it's a really nice blend. Mm-hmm. And it's still something they, they can enjoy with their kids. And 
you know, why kids like it so, so much, you know, it's just fun. Food on a stick is always fun. That's uh, true. No matter what it is, corn dogs, popsicles, skewers of things like food on a stick is, is just fun. That's really true. What are some keys? You know, I think we've all fooled around with trying to make a popsicle or the other day my kids wanted Kona ice, the ice truck, you know, it's like a snow cone truck. So I just blended up some ice in the in the Vitamix and like poured some juice on top of it. And it was not really a hit, but they were they were into it. So if someone wants to experiment with some of these flavors at home, I mean, you talked about like herbs fitting in with fresh fruits and that works, but barbecued sweet potatoes, not so much. So what, do you have any guidelines for making ice pops at home? <laughs> um, yes, a simple guide. And I forget, I didn't come up with this, but um, but I forget where I heard it is take the different ingredients and try to try to mash them up a little bit, just a couple. Like if, let's say, let's imagine you wanted to try blackberry and sage, right? So mm-hmm. you might be like, oh, man, I don't know if that's going to be good. It sounds good. So take a blackberry, you know, smash it a little bit and take some sage and kind of like smash the sage a little bit and put it in a cup and just put your nose up to the cup and just smell those two things together. And the balance might not be right, but if it smells good as a combined scent, then it's probably going to taste good. And if it smells weird or you can't get the scents to blend together, they always smell distinct, then those things might not be best together. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can kind of use, follow your nose. There's always a good rule in the kitchen. What do you remember about like ice pops or people call them popsicles, which is the brand name? What do you remember about ice pops as a kid? I remember eating them all the time, <laughs> loving them. Um, it's funny. We actually found a drawing that I had done with my grandfather when I was like seven or six, where I had drawn myself like with a popsicle cart. No, and, uh, I don't remember it. But yeah, but apparently even back then I was like, this would be this would be a lot of fun. But um, <laughs> yeah, I remember the the freeze pops, you know, the ones that you clip off the top. Yes, the plastic little sleeve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always like, like the green ones. The green ones are my Oh favorite. my gosh. <laughs> They're like 100 for like 25 cents. <laughs> exactly. And pure food dye and corn syrup. But when you're a kid, you're just like, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Life is short. So I know you have, um, I think I've actually been to your store in St. Augustine. How many stores do you have all together around the state? We have eight at the moment. And then do you do special events too? Like, like wedding? I mean, would people want a, like a popsicle cart at their wedding or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we have a cute little like old school retro cart we can take to weddings. And we also have a, a popsicle truck. And uh, people love having the, the popsicle truck at weddings. I had it at my wedding two years ago, and it's just it'd be fun. It's a it, it's a really fun dessert alternative, you know, to cake. And if you're a summer wedding in Florida, um, you need something. Oh, 100 percent. It does sound a little messy though. Like if I'm the bride, I'm not I'm not partaking until after the photos are done. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Usually the brides are grabbing one like as they're getting on the dance floor. That's usually kind of when we see the brides going for it because all the pictures are done and it's just time to time to boogie. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, whatever happened to the woman who sat next to you on the plane and gave you the idea? Did you ever reconnect with her? I did. I sent her a message. I guess at this point, it's like ages ago. But yeah, I sent her a message on LinkedIn and we and we connected. And I was like, hey, this idea, this thing you told me, this became like a reality for me. And so it's just kind of like a thank you. And I haven't talked to her since then. But um, you just never know, you know, when you speak to people, like how they're going to take your ideas. And sometimes 
people are in the just the right frame of mind to um, take what you say and run with it. I certainly was. I really appreciated what she said, and it's changed my life pretty, wow. pretty dramatically. So, what did she say? What was her response? I think she was she was happy, but she um, she had a lot going on. She was really she was a really like super busy person. She and her husband both like I think they were, had like a huge firm, and so I think she was like, "That's great. Good luck." <laughs> Wow. I have to ask you about sort of adult beverage ice pops. What are your thoughts on mixing in um, like spirits or wine into an ice pop? Those are great. And especially if you're making them at home, adding in a little bit of alcohol will help improve the texture of your pop. It'll make it a little less icy and a little bit softer. So definitely for those that are of age, adding some wine or some spirits, I wouldn't recommend adding beer. Beer tends to be, it's a kind of more of a dilute flavor, but uh, wine, spirits are great. We incorporate wine and spirits into some of our pops. We have some partnerships with a couple of distilleries and um, we make both. We make some that are um, where you would have to show your ID or a little bit higher ABV, but then we also make some where we're just using it as a flavoring element, kind of like, you know, vanilla suspended in alcohol. And those ones are safer for all ages to to enjoy. Showing ID to get an ice pop. That's hilarious. I'm looking on your website and there are like, I literally cannot count how many flavors you've got. Is it a hundred flavors? How many flavors are there? Uh, it's hundreds. I don't even know. Uh, we don't have all of them at a given time, but like we post up that list to kind of show the different flavors you should expect to find in our store rolling and rotating throughout the year. Uh, kind of with seasonality and just as we kind of like have the whim to make them. But yeah, those are all pops that we've made and all recipes we've made. And I think our recipe book itself is up over 600. Oh my gosh. But um, yeah, it's just so much fun. You just, there's so many good ideas and we've gotten so many good ideas from our customers. And so we're constantly hearing, a, you know, hearing a great idea and wanting to make that into a pop. Mm, yeah. I'm looking sangria, pineapple, Nutella, dragon fruit, Banana walnut, eggnog, Earl Grey. Do you wake up in the middle of the night and like jot down ideas? I used to for sure. <laughs> now there's so many ideas. We're more just, and we have so many fans of each flavor that we really spend a lot of time trying to balance which ones that we're bringing back because somebody will fall in love with, let's say, sangria pineapple. And we might not have it for, you know, nine months or 10 months. And so they're like, when is sangria pineapple coming back? And so we really have to work hard to try to get a good rotation going to not disappoint everyone. Yeah, it's kind of like when you go to Trader Joe's and like the product that you loved last month is gone. <laughs> You're like, don't do this to me. Um, why That's a great example. <laughs> example from my life. Why is it called the Hippo? Why is the company called the Hippo? That's a great question. My first shop, the first one I opened on June 5th, 2010, was on a street called Hypolita. H-Y-P-O-L-I-T-A. And when I was thinking about a name, I didn't want a name that was like maybe specific to the product. I wanted a name that was specific to where I was. I've always been a really big fan of local culture and local communities and being like a part of them instead of being separate from them. And so I ended up just modifying the street name and adding a P, dropping the Lita, and that's how we got the Hippo. Uh, later, I also um, discovered that, which I didn't know before, so this is a bit of revisionist history here, but St. Augustine, the man, like the religious writer who the uh, town is named for, um, he did all of his major religious works in the town of Hippo in Northern Africa. And so um, 
that ended up being kind of a cool like corollary is the name of our company is both a shout out to the street that we started on and to the city where we where we started so yeah wow kind of kept it from there that's pretty cool it's h-y-p-p-o and you've got the hippo as your logo so what's next for you do you still have plans to open a coffee shop <laughs> i actually did open uh, i opened two coffee shops uh <laughs> So I did finally get to like live out that dream. Yeah. I opened one called um, the Hippo Cafe, also known as Hippo Coffee Bar. And that was in St. Augustine, is in St. Augustine. And um, I also opened a coffee shop in Gainesville called Wyatt's Coffee. And uh, yeah, so I, I did get to live out that dream. And um, it was really fun. It was as fun as I thought it was going to be. Oh, cool. So do you still have those or now you're like all ice pops all the time? Uh, we still have the Hippo Coffee Bar. But um, Wyatt's, I was actually very happy to, um, we actually sold that to our general manager um, last year. Uh, we had so much else going on because we opened this other company, oh, this other brand's called Mayday Ice Cream, and it started to take off. So we, we turned our own ice cream in-house and make, it, and make that all in. We just got so busy and uh, our GM was doing such an amazing job. And so I was just like, hey, I think you should, I think you should buy this. And um, he did. And so he's running it now with, with his family and they're doing an amazing job with it. It's very happy to see it thrive. That is awesome. So the ice cream is also available at the Hippo? Um, no, it's a totally different brand. Um, so yeah, we there's a lot of like crossover staff and it's the same company, but uh, it's called Mayday and it's uh, it's manufactured in a different facility here in St. Augustine. And um, But yeah, lots of fun flavors and really kind of poured it over a lot of the techniques and love of flavor that we had at Hippo into making great ice cream and sorbets and dairy-free ice creams. And um, it has been a really, really fun, very well received too, which is always nice. What advice do you have for people who have an idea in the back of their mind? You know, I want to open up a taco shop or I think I might have a business idea for, you know, fill in the blank. You actually took that leap. So what advice would you have for people who are dreaming of having a sort of quirky business? <laughs> My first advice is to figure out a way to start doing it, like just to start doing it today. And whether that's just like just going and buying some ingredients and, make, and making what you want to make for friends or whether it's, you know, just starting to design something that you imagine, but you really just need to start today. And I think um, for a lot of people, they want to plan everything out and de-risk everything first. And when it comes to doing something new, there's just no such thing as getting rid of all the risk. There's always going to be risk. And so if you can just chip away and do something every day toward what you're interested in, that's really going to put you in the right direction. That's how I do. Um, like whenever I have a new idea or a new project, I'll start thinking about it. And then I'll just try to figure out what's the What's like the cheapest, like most efficient way for me to like just test this, even if it's not a full test, just to see it. Um, mm -hmm. And um, that's that's how I always like to start. That's great advice, Stephen Damari. Thank you so much. It was it was so much fun to talk to you and um, try to stay cool this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks you too. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to talk with you as well. That was Dalia Cologne speaking with Stephen Damari founder of the Hippo Gourmet Ice Pops and Mayday Handcrafted Ice Creams. Stephen shared a recipe for strawberry lemonade ice pops, and you can find it at our website, thezestpodcast.com. 
Thanks so much for being with us. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating or a review on iTunes. It does help other people find our podcast. And if you have an idea for us, let us know. I'm at robin at thezestpodcast.com. I'm Robin Sussingham. Dalia Colon and I produce The Zest with help from Cheyenne Jaglal and Mark Hayes. Copyright 2020, WUSF Public Media, University of South Florida.